are listening to the Amodamar podcast. In this series, Amoda explores her essential teaching through conversation and excerpts from interviews and events. To find out more about events and to sign up for her newsletter, go to www.amodamar.com. Please subscribe, comment and share if this podcast moves you. And if you feel called to donate, please go to the website. Thanks for listening and we hope you enjoy. Greetings once again and welcome to another Amodamar podcast with me, Kavi, and Amodamar. Hello, Amoda. Hello, Kavi. Okay, so we have decided in our infinite wisdom to tackle, at least from a spiritual perspective, should we call it, I want of a, a better term, maybe the non-dual perspective, a tricky subject of trauma. Do we need to heal our trauma before we can awaken? Now, obviously, neither Amoda, this is our addendum, neither Amoda nor I are experts in the professional sense at the tricky subject of trauma. Uh, however, many, many people turn up to our events and our sessions and want to unpack, talk about, deal with, uh, heal, and you know, all of this kind of stuff, their, their, their trauma. So we want to talk a bit about the ideas of trauma and how that those are those those notions of trauma kind of sit within the field of non-duality from this awakened one specifically a mode i'm gonna hopefully try and tease out unpack challenge if necessary uh all of the yeah everything that might be relevant to this, to some of this conversation, it's not going to be extensive by any stretch of the imagination, but hopefully it will stir something within you, which is the main subject, the main matter here. So, look, the topic of trauma has become a popular and relevant conversation in today's culture and has seeped into spiritual inquiry. Why is it of relevance to the spiritual seeker? I have a hundred other bullet points here that I might refer to as we dive in and explore, but I'm not going to saturate the field with that at the moment. I just simply think we need to get our juices flowing in this improvised conversation. And uh, that's kind of enough to start with. So Amoda, can I hand that over to you to, to, to unpack it a little bit and speak to it? Perhaps we should. Uh, start by acknowledging that trauma has become a prevalent and relevant conversation in many areas of uh, society and culture. Um, there's 
the trauma of uh, that gave rise to the Me Too movement. There's uh, uh, the trauma that is being exposed in Hollywood culture. There's the trauma that is becoming more obvious and more widespread because of war (laughs) and uh, the need to... Race trauma, sorry. Race trauma, gender trauma, culture trauma. Ancestral uh, trauma. Ancestral trauma, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> handed big, down yeah. through generations. Much of this is becoming more prevalent in in various conversations, and and that's relevant. Yes, this is just exposing uh, perhaps hidden dynamics, hidden uh, um, relationships of well, you can hardly call them relationships, but <laughs> areas of violence and abuse in in mer- many areas of society and and the human experience and it has seeped into um spiritual conversation spiritual inquiry um especially in in the in the quest if you like for for awakening um <clears throat> so people are asking questions at the you know, primarily the one being, do I need to heal my trauma if, you know, before I can awaken? Um, and it's really the same question ultimately <clears throat> as, do I need to fix my personality before, <laughs> before, or my personhood <laughs> yeah, before I can awaken? So, uh, we're not obviously going to go in the direction of ancestral tra- trauma, racial trauma, and, and yeah, that's not our field of expertise. But we will talk about it from the perspective of awakening. Of course, all of that can be included. Um, so, um, where do we begin with this? Can, could could we? I I I think this is. I mean, it's, as you describe it, it's extremely pertinent to where we are at as cultures extremely pertinent to where we're at as a as as the, the as as an evolving which we are an evolving species although sometimes it makes one wonder whether that's true but all of these conversations are relevant to that because there is a shadow there's trauma and it's all coming up to the surface because maybe there's some sort of innate movement from some on some level to actually uh deal with it so that therefore we can move into a a a new i don't know phase of of being yes and the 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 danger if you like or the tricky part is as the question or conversation or fact reality of trauma is exposed in various different areas of life at various different sectors of society and culture and family and so on as as it gets exposed 
if it is dealt with only from the perspective of the personhood, then nothing fundamentally changes. There may be some reparations, some uh, useful, valuable conversations, um, uh, and so on, and perhaps some kind of self-empowerment in those situations, or perhaps not. Um, But fundamentally, it doesn't really resolve the issue because the fact fact is, if we look at human uh, life over at least thousands of years, could we not say that every aspect of the human experience, not, not every aspect, but many aspects of the human experience are traumatic. I, I there, would, there has I, been war for, 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 forever. There has been violence forever. There has been dysfunction forever. I would, I would hazard a guess that, you know, the blanket statement, life is traumatic, is a perennial truth that crosses the, the time gap. Yes. Yes. And then, so, so then we can look at what trauma is. So let's not say, you know, let's, let's, let's embrace the possibility that this is not a a new occurrence, a modern day or postmodern occurrence, um, but actually one that is embedded in the human experience. However, we do have a, an advanced psychology these days, at least it's is that I, I don't know whether that's true, but it is. Yeah, we have more access to unpack what these things actually mean. So I'm I'm just going to put that to one side. Yeah, but uh, yes, we. So perhaps let's look at what trauma actually yes. is. And again, we're not uh, trauma therapists or counselors or any of that, but we can understand it from our own perspective. And of course, both you and I, Kavi, have experienced trauma in various ways. Um, <clears throat> I think me so less so, I would mm-hmm. say. I would say that, or, you know, that I, I personally see the w- wounding that I've carried, that I had, that I received from, you know, various things that, that happened in the past, really, in, in retrospect, stayed on the level of what I would call wounding. They you know, tra- so, so, and I think other people and you included, you know, have experienced what one would categorize, if you like, if there was a psychotherapist or something, would categorize that as, as trauma. So it's a, on, on some levels, it's very specific kind of thing. And I don't really ever, in all honesty, think that, that I experienced that level of threat to mm-hmm. existence, which is where I start talking about trauma the perceived or experienced threat, very dynamic, very real threat to one's existence, whatever that means. Yes. Yes, I think that's right. Um, But yes, and before we (laughs) perhaps speak about some of that from a personal perspective, trauma as a... neurological response that is not
appropriate or relevant to the current situation. For instance, well, I will talk about something personal. <laughs> For instance, having been personally in a war situation with uh, fighter planes, bombers directly above, very close, and so on, I, when I was taken out of that situation, I would literally jump or tighten at the sound of a plane flying far overhead in a normal scenario in the in yeah in a western safe so seemingly temporarily currently safe uh, environment yeah um that was not appropriate yeah or somebody speaking with a loud voice uh or a car driving fast and the sound of it would literally make me jump and tighten. So it's not relevant. It's not appropriate response to, to now. That's how I see trauma playing itself out. It, it's a carryover from the past. So it's like a trace that's left in the, in the mental, emotional and physical field. Yes, I was that, going to ask about this. Yeah. yeah, that that can be a thought. It can be pre-thought. It can be simply a, a a reaction of the nervous system. Ultimately, so it's a kind of tightening. It's a contraction in the field somewhere. Um, the thing is, mostly that that contraction remains unexamined. And it remains unexamined because there is a unconscious fear of meeting what's underneath the con- or what's inside the contraction. Yeah, the, 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 the raw, visceral, emotion or felt or energy or felt sense you know it's like a contraction into a a, a self attempt to protect the self a shutting down in some way and that creates a kind of tightness that gets carried over into various uh, situations relationships and so on Now, there's many modalities that assist in unraveling that contraction, both on a physical level and emotional level, yeah, through body-centered work, through, um, you know, psychological counseling and so on and so on. All of that can be a support. But what I see is one of the primary um let's say, issues of trauma and one that has a danger of being at the at the core of some of the trauma conversations today in our current world is that there's an unexamined identity with the victim. 
this happened to me and it shouldn't have happened. An unconscious identity with that, which creates a perpetrator-victim dynamic. And if we're looking at it really from the place of awakened consciousness, Mm -hmm. at some point, if true awakening or true liberation or true peace is desired, is the calling, that victim identity must come undone. And that, and that means? And that means look, looking within or looking beyond the fear of what happened, the injustice of what happened, the whatever the constructs are that are around, that wrap themselves around this idea, this uh, belief that something bad happened and I have to fix it, I have to heal it. Because the need to heal it is a is a self-perpetuating cycle. At some point, the deep acceptance allows us to meet the layers of, uh, let's say, stuck emotion or feeling within what we call trauma, within the contraction, and discover that even when we meet, or even when we're present with the rage or the hurt or the fear, we're still here. We're still here as beingness. And nothing has ever touched that. Nothing has ever touched our essential nature. <laughs> you said earlier about there being, I don't know what you, you said, a place for or, or modalities of uh, healing, for want of a better term, trauma and wounds. But I also hear you saying that, in a way, you can jump, which is not the right word. You can embrace what you're talking about, which is beyond the victim identity and falling into a deeper place of of openness. Even when you've still got 
this is the thing, when you're still carrying uh, trauma or wounding. So the question would be, does a realization, is a realization of the open nature of consciousness or the open nature of who we are, what happens to the to the trauma within within that? Does it dissolve? Does it disappear? Does it vanish? Does it go back crawling and scuttling into the shadows? Does it <laughs> Well, and the these thing two is, things exist yes, symbiotically. Well, well, the thing is, trauma isn't a thing. <laughs> we make it a thing. We make it an entity that has to be healed or gotten rid, not, rid of. Or yeah, it's not something we carry because it's not a thing. It's more an a refusal, <laughs> if you like, to meet or be with, or be intimate with the original hurt, the original pain. Because in that intimacy with the original pain, a whole plethora of perhaps emotional energies reveal themselves, ones that we hadn't been in touch with. I mean, I was sexually abused, and for many years, I had no access to anger. I would enter relationships and never, ever express or feel or acknowledge that there was anger in certain situations. That was a trauma that was carried over where I shut down in the abuse to protect myself and also to protect my father and not acknowledge the depth of rage. Sorry, what was your original question? (laughs) (laughs) Or can we carry the two things? Can can they both be carried? Yeah. So it's not a thing, yeah? Yeah, no. But it's, it's it's a... a psychological or mind-body contraction that creates a suppression of feeling, the ability to feel, the sensitivity to the felt sense in the immediacy of the moment. Yeah. When we awaken... <laughs> or are on the journey of awakening, not only do we come more into the capacity to be present, to be present with what is, but we also untangle or naturally untangles the the many identities of me as a victim or me as a good person or me as a non-angry person. Yeah, we start to, uh, it starts to come undone. So we have more and more ability to be with what is without identifying with what is. And then what we call trauma, which is like a coalesced or contracted energy, energy, comes undone by itself. For instance, again, I'll I'll just use the example. I used to jump (laughs) at loud noises. 
for some time, I thought there was something wrong with me. Now, I didn't, trauma wasn't a... Uh, it wasn't a buzzword in the It wasn't a buzzword, that's right. It's become very much part of the modern or postmodern culture. Yeah, It wasn't a buzzword then, but I knew that it was something. I, I was self-conscious. I thought there was something wrong with me. I wasn't perfect enough. Um, I shouldn't jump and so on. That's just one example on, on the surface. Yeah, there were deeper things going on, like the inability to access deep, raw, primal emotions that had been buried that needed to, to come into this field of experience in order to release themselves. But just on the surface, yeah, the jumping would make me feel self-conscious, something wrong with me, and uh, and occasionally, you know, that would remind me of the war and so on and so on. After awakening, I seem to remember, this is quite a long time ago, that the jump occasionally still happened. Yeah, I've seen you jump. Yeah. Yeah. But I was not concerned. There was no me identity. Oh, yeah. No, I guess you. Yeah. Be course, concerned yeah. about it. So say, the oh, con- that was wrong. That was that there's something wrong with me. N- there's none of that. So actually, over time, the jump in the nervous system has completely evaporated. So the it was fear, <laughs> yeah, the fear that was held. Yeah, because I remember I used to hold my shoulders yeah, like this. Yeah, yeah. The fear yeah. that was tension here, yeah. yeah, because of yeah, I'm about to get killed. They're gonna bomb us. Yeah, gotta protect myself, gotta be really quiet. That completely has released. Now that's, that's not through therapy, that's not through, yeah. I didn't have to talk about it. I didn't have to therapize it. I didn't have to do body work on it. There was some release of emotions, but it happened. Yeah, I want to talk about that in a minute. I want to talk about that in a minute because you have done some body work and stuff, release stuff. Uh, but I want to talk about so that's an important, quite an important point to make in a way. Yeah, it wasn't that when you jumped, even though you you know had your awakening experience, it it wasn't the jump. It wasn't the retraction. It wasn't the this that was the issue. It was actually on a certain level, the interpretation, yeah, the narrative or the thought, let's just call it, around that. That's that it right. either takes you back on a thought level to things that happened then, yeah, because the, 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 this system that we've got doesn't know anything about time hasn't got any concept of time. So in many ways, when the body gets triggered, it's still in the experience. But what you're saying is that you didn't deny that or allow it, in in a sense. You just knew it was was okay, in effect. And I think that's what we've referred to about it was allowed to come home to something greater than itself. And we do talk about this in our meetings all the time. The, the need, the, you know, the, the desire, the longing for everything that has been, you know, we've, we've strategized all our lives 
And then it gets to come home to fall into the openness that we are. Yeah, am I on the right right track? It comes home to the open awareness, the beingness that we are, the presence. Yeah, it's just here. Here, and then it falls into the emptiness of being. The thing that seems to be an impediment to that is the core identity of being a victim. This I do um, believe through seeing, through, yeah, and, and working with people and in myself, this needs to be exposed, to be acknowledged that when, yeah, often there is a denial of that. No, 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 I'm not a victim. But actually the, the victim identity is at the foundation of this structure, psychological structure called the ego self. It doesn't have to be a victim of racial abuse or sexual abuse, although that can be part of it. It's simply a victim of life. And the ego self loves it. It loves that victim identity. Oh, bad things are happening to me. This well, shouldn't I think, be happening. Yeah. It's at the core of the argument with life. It is, it is, it is actually on the level that you're talking for more fundamental than a, a victim of some, some things. It's actually, and we've gone down to this in the root, haven't we? That actually life is intrinsically either dangerous or out to get me or what am I doing here sort of innate confusion that actually you know I've explored this a lot with people like this sort of yeah yes and so this this needs to be examined when that's fun when that's examined when that's exposed when that's seen for the uh dream dreamscape that it is an inner landscape yeah a dream self a dream state of an idea of me a concept of me and life outside of me doing something to me either giving something to me or taking something away or threatening or punishing or abandoning yeah when that's seen for what it is, which is like a dream world, it's created from our narratives, from our perceptions. Yeah. Yeah. When that's seen, then the root of the victim identity comes undone. We call that awakening. Or well, there's certainly one, um, uh, one dimension of awakening. To me, that's the fundamental dimension of awakening. It's not simply having a non-dual realization or perspective or understanding, although that supports this, but ultimately the, the, the psychological structure concept dreamscape of the me self, which has a victim at its root, at its core, must come undone. Okay. And, and, and so then just- there's yeah. no more trauma. Okay, so I want to ask you just on that that front. If the victim self, the me identity, the poor thing or whatever, however it manifests, comes undone, what's what's left? What's left? 
What's left is a deep intimacy with what is without an argument with what is. So that everything can be met, past, present, future, it's all in the now. Whether it's a past memory, whether it's a a direct experience now, a felt sense in response to something, it's all experience now, deeply intimate, but none of it is actually a problem to the self. Yeah? It's not something that is punishing me. It's not something that's taking something away from me. It's not something that is adding to me. What's left is open awareness. What's left is the emptiness of self that is also full of life. Yeah, the fullness of life is one with that. So there's nothing more to fear. There's nothing more to deny. There's nothing more to avoid. Do you you really think that people, and I'm going to go from the first point to the second point, do you really think that people have the capacity to surrender the, the 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 victim self or the self let's call it this for the moment the tight self that has been trained to be such over such a long period of time with all of its brokenness and all of its wounds or trauma or etc cetera, etc cetera, takes a great deal of something of grace or you know a willing will willingness to actually open enough for that to happen is there anything that can be done to facilitate that or to yeah to foster you know the apple tree that grows that releases its ripe fruit oftentimes has actually been watered diligently by the gardener well of course it depends on the individual and the if you like, state of consciousness (laughs) or frequency of consciousness. Uh, For many, there is no possibility, well, there is a possibility, there's no uh, desire from within to to go deeper than any identity, whether it's the victim identity or or anything else. And so we're not yeah, addressing course. that level. <laughs> no, we're, we're, no. Yeah. But for the for the seeker, for the seeker of truth or for the seeker of liberation or for the seeker of awakening or for the seeker of true peace and true fulfillment, uh, for the one who's willing to go to the uh, to the essence of things, the essential nature of things to see beyond the the rise and fall of the phenomenal world for the one who's reached a tipping point of personal suffering and starts to uh, get a glimpse that the many narratives that uphold this sense of me are in fact the prison walls 
that one is seeking to be liberated from, then yes, then there's some possibility to go deeper than the victim and identity. Uh, it's called self-inquiry. Mm. Yeah. To, to go to the source, to go within to the source of experience, which mm. is awareness itself, that which is prior to the arising of any experience, to meet life fully intimate with what is, no bypassing, no denial, no spiritualizing, but to be fully intimate with what is without the argument with what is, without the this shouldn't be happening, without the this shouldn't be happening to me, mm. without the interpretation of what is happening. That's what it, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, because it's from that interpretation the identity arises. This is bad. This is good. This is welcome. This is unwelcome. This is spiritual. This is unspiritual. I deserve this. I don't deserve this. We're split. We're divided. It's the unconscious state. To go beyond that, to the source of all things, which is awareness itself, open awareness, that which is always here, the space within which I experience everything, this body, this sensation, this feeling, this emotion, this thought. But I am not that. I am not that thought. I am not limited to that thought. I am not limited to that feeling. I am not limited to that sensation. I am not limited to this mind or to this body. Because the, this mind and this body that I experience, yeah, I experienced a, a mind, a mind that can form words and concepts and constructs and perceptions. And I experience this body that, that feels, that touches, that smells, that hears, that sees. But all of that that's taking place is secondary, if you like, overlaid on the field of open awareness that is infinite, unlimited, and is always here, always here. We can call it space. We can sky. call it sky. Yes, it's coming to know sky nature within which all clouds appear. There's no bypassing of the clouds. There's no rejection of the clouds. There's no grasping of the clouds. It's you see, this, you see, the thing is, uh, what I experience, uh, uh, you was talking about, and I experience for myself now, all these years down the line, is a, is a kind of, you know, when you're speaking in this way and when you're describing this, I, I experience it as being, I'm actually inside what you're talking about. I'm within the openness. Yeah, it's not ending. It's not confined. It's not a bowl. It is the openness. And I know within myself, even though I said I haven't got any uh, trauma, there was a lot of wounding and there was, there was actually a lot carried in the nervous system. And, and, and so what, what I'm getting to is that now, after all this time, and there is no uh, heat in this nervous system anymore, it's all gone. It's all vanished. There's more of a grace and equanimity in this experience. It's a totally different totally 100% different experience from me on the other side when I was in the contracted state. And actually, I would say now that I felt, without even realizing it, completely locked out of the openness that you're talking about. That's right. That's completely right. Completely locked out of the gates of heaven. 
Yes. If you like, yeah, because this yes. is a, a heavenly without being ridiculous about it. This is actually peace. I feel peace for the That's first right. time. Yeah. And I was locked out of that peace. So, so you could have spoken. I went to a lot of satsangs or some in those days. And what I experienced was that teachers like you or, you know, some of the more divine ones were speaking utter gobbledygook to me. Not just because of them, but because I I couldn't hear it through the trauma or the sorry, through the wounding, through the tightness, through the locked outness. This is a very real thing because this I see, and we meet so many people and there's such a lot of willingness, and yet still they are sort of feeling locked out of this experience that you're talking about, and it's heartbreaking on a, on a certain level. But the more we give our attention, yes, soft attention to this field, an infinite field of openness, this this that is always here as that, then actually it becomes natural. It's like we come back and back and back and in and in to the source, Mm. which is where peace is. It's a peace that passeth all understanding. Mm. What, why, 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 what does that phrase mean? It means it's actually got nothing to do with the circumstances. Uh, yeah? yes. It's a piece that goes beyond the, the logic of the mental understanding. Well, this terrible thing is happening, and yet there is this. It's not that we, you know, something bad may happen. We need to protect ourselves we need to take care of ourselves we need to say no or we need to run away or we need to fight back what whatever is appropriate in the situation but when it doesn't come from this yeah tight contraction it has a very different quality to it yes or, it does yeah. you know something happens a challenge let's take it a little more uh, less less of a kind of life-threatening situation but you know many throughout the day many things take place we get an email we don't like we uh, uh, find out our bank account hasn't got the funds that we thought we it had uh, our landlord tells us we need to move whatever it might be many oh. things <laughs> are, uh, let's hope that doesn't happen no um, but it did happen it did happen yes yeah, uh, you yeah. know uh, I don't know our, our beloved dog cats is taken sick or whatever it might be okay. so many challenges happen throughout the day or we don't get what we want or we don't get where we want to go or something doesn't happen or somebody rejects us or whatever it might be um we can meet all of that the phenomenal display of life that appears to give us something take something away yeah uh, and so on always rising and falling always giving birth to itself and dying yeah? it's always appearing and then disappearing nothing is ever static we can meet that from this open field of awareness and then it's not so threatening it's not so it's not threatening it's not punishing it's simply something that needs to be dealt with but it's dealt not from a place of
identifying as the victim of it. So this brings an inner spaciousness, a peace that passeth all understanding, an inner kingdom, an inner sanctuary that is our true home. So wherever we are and whatever's happening, we're at home. We're at home in the I amness, in the bare fact of our beingness, rather than rising up to the sur- surface of the many narratives that create an identity, that create this push and pull of craving and aversion, rejection, resistance, grasping, which is where the suffering is. <laughs> In in that, so I, yeah, I hear you. You kind of saying that it can all come 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 in, come home, and that's you know uh, I go back in a way to the to the value of these two qualities of presence and openness, because and this is a difficult one. I don't mean presence and openness on the meditation cushion although that might be a good practice but actually uh, presence and openness in the field of everyday life through the nature of our uh, interactions with ourselves our partner our family etc etc and the world is like with that it's it's the losing of that and if we can get to you know open deeper to the place of presence an openness, then without being facile about it, where where is where's the past? That's right. Where's the future? Where where, right. where is it? And and that's not a that is one of the things that I actually like about non-duality, but not the harsh non-duality, the wet non-duality that we actually yeah surf in, because it's true if you're here and this. This it's not, it doesn't perfect the past, but the past is no longer here. Where is it? Yes, the doorway to liberation is now. And then, if the past comes up, yes, yeah, the, the past the, memory the, may come up, but the, that memory the, is coming up now. The plane goes over. <laughs> Suddenly I'm pulled out of this, this nowness. It's okay. Well, you're not pulled out of the nowness, are you? Because even the memory of yes. something occurs now. There is no past. It occurs now. I suppose one of the things that I'd, I would ask about, relaxation. Yes. It's a deep relaxation into now. Because that relaxing l- lets the uh, nervous system off yes. the hook. Because right? one of the things of trauma <clears throat> and the identifying with that trauma as a traumatized self is I can't. I can't let go of this. I can't relax. I can't feel safe. In other words, I won't. It's a refusal to relax into the now. Because the fear is that I will be annihilated. 
So we come back. We've done this before. If I let go and soften and let it be as it is with all the feelings and the memories and the whatever, I will die. Because that's what you thought or experienced then. If I don't contract and tighten against this threat, yes, that's what I did. When I was sexually abused, I tightened. If I had just, yeah then I would have been abused. I tightened, and yeah, in that tightening, I fought back. But I remained in that tightening. So it's an old, yes, it was appropriate then, but it's not appropriate now. Yeah, and so now the I can't and the won't must be exposed, and in the clarity or fire of truth be examined as a false belief or a belief, let's not even call it false, a belief that you are not willing to surrender into the now. In surrendering the I can't and the I won't, yes, you are right. You will be annihilated. You will die but it's not you as a mind body system that will die because right now there is no threat what will die is the ego identity that is created or woven out of the i can't and i won't the victim the refusal the tightness contraction against life now it well, dies that's called awakening but the uh, well, yes, and and, and uh, you know, one of the words that comes up is terror. You know, as you're talking about that, because in what returns in the I won't, I can't. You, as an adult who's even forty years down the line, is 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 the terror, and that terror that, that I think gets confused is not actually the terror of now; it's the terror of then. Yeah, the terror of of having to contract so much for for one's self-preservation that is carried all these years forward because remember the nervous system doesn't have any memory in that any time factor it's always now so the terror that's being experienced that you're talking about the existential almost terror it's a it's a, a it's both things, isn't it? It's, it's a life Well, there terror. seems to be two terrors. One is the terror from the past because you needed to survive as a functional organism. And the other one is a, the, a, more of a, the ego's terror of being annihilated in the moment. They're, they're, they're like this. That's they're right. like this, aren't they? Now, you can't go back and change what happened. Yeah, exactly. One's yeah. response in those situations is right. One needs to tighten or harden against that's right, exactly. To functionally survive, but when it's not appropriate that. now. Yeah. And yeah. now, what dies is the ego structure, not the mind body structure, and the two have become confused. Oh, so let's go because there. we identify with mind and we identify with body. So, so let's, I just want you to talk about this a little bit more. What, whatever you said. 
<laughs> you know I can't go over things. <laughs> oh, it's too traumatic. <laughs> I don't have any memory of it. I, I think we're alluding to to the two terrors that are actually enmeshed in each other. One is the terror of what happened at the time and the need to protect oneself on a functional level, the organism. So yeah, so there's a tightening or a hardening to protect the physical body, the yeah, the mind-body system. And then there's that terror, which is is really a terror of the ego dying in this moment as it surrenders into this moment where all identity is surrendered, where there's a deep softening and relaxing, really a death into this moment, into the now, not trying to uphold anything, not trying to yeah, defend or argue or resist anything now, this moment, this moment, just the simplicity of this moment. And those two terrors get tangled up. One's an existential terror on a on a functional level, the functioning of the organism. And the other one is an existential terror uh, on the level of identity. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. yes. One's primal and one's, like, as you say, spiritual or existential. Yeah. But they do, there is, within that, there is a meeting place. Yeah. Because they end up, yeah, dancing around each other. They're not separate necessarily. No, because, and that's the point where we, 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 we sort of, uh, you asked me the question, because we identify with the mind and with the body. So when we are trying to protect the mind and the body, because we're identified with the mind and body, we think that's all we are. That's what we are. Then when it comes to an existential, um, an invitation, yeah, an existential invitation to die as the identity that you are, one unconsciously, subconsciously, or even consciously thinks that this mind and this body are going to die. Right. So when we say in awakening, the self died or the me self died. Well, obviously, this mind and body didn't die, but in that moment, it actually feels this. It feels as if you're going to disappear. Mm-hmm. And if mm-hmm. I disappear, that means all of this is going to disappear. Mm-hmm. I won't exist mm-hmm. anymore. Mm-hmm. But the reality of it is that this appearance doesn't disappear, but this identity that is attached to this appearance and the appearance of my thoughts and feelings and yeah, everything <laughs> disappears. The attachment to it disappears. The identity derived from it disappears. But this physiological functioning, intelligent organism called mind and body yeah, is still here. That continues to function without the identity derived from it. That is a great liberation. That's why we can say the self is no longer here. The self-identity is no longer here. And yet this organism is still functioning. 
It's functioning within the field of open awareness, which is the source of I am. And then if there are any, there's any movement still, residual movement of the self, uh, then that's okay as well. You mean the identity? Yeah, I mean, because, you know, things aren't just as, they're not you know, black and white. I know what you're saying. There's been a, a core revelation. Yes, of course. I mean, various remnants of remnants. identity. Yeah, remnants of yeah. identity may may remain, but then the... The relationship to them is different, yeah. The the light, the luminosity of 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 your fundamental essential yeah, nature yeah. is open awareness. Yeah. Sees or cuts through beyond that. They yes. may arise, but you you're 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 not sticking to it. You're not I agree. clinging yeah. to it. Sorry, yeah, I just got excited by the realization <laughs> that it gets to be held lightly the yes. human experience gets to be held lightly because it's not necessarily the full measure of who we are that's Boom. right your 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 um what should we call it your vehicle your your uh, psycho physical <laughs> uh template that you're sort of born into may continue to operate in various ways but there's a lightness you're not deriving your identity to it uh, from it you're not clinging to it you're not trying to push it away or fix it it just kind of takes its own course like a river yeah sometimes it flows this way sometimes it's yeah, it's always changing. There might be a bend here or yeah, a, yeah. a whirlpool here or still calmness here. And, and it just flows. But you are not that. You are not that. You're not concerned with that. It's simply flowing. You are the water itself. You are the, the essential nature is, is water. Yeah. Even that is just a name. <laughs> it's a label. Yeah, yeah, we can go yeah. to its essence, which is unnameable. Yeah, yeah. And that's what we are. So you're not concerned. But when we're, um, if you like, in the prison walls of identity, mm. um, then you are that. Yes, you are that turbulence. And oh, my God, that's a really bad thing. I have to fix it and change it. Or I, you are that calmness. Oh, that's nice. Mm. Yes, that's who I am. Yeah, and so on. And then it's forever changing. It's yeah, forever the, flowing, but you are the, not the, that. The, the traumatized wave syndrome, in many ways, is a is a is a is difficult. Yeah, I remember from, from from myself over the last twenty years, really, with you. You know that the calling because it didn't. Not, not, what happened to you didn't happen to me, and it was much more gradual erosion, as we've talked about. And even coming to America, there were there were like wow, you know, I'd find find myself back into in, into caviness and uh and it was painful especially in the contrast to a, a deeper openness but that brought me uh, it brought me face to face with actually having to bear 
that. And actually, the, the thing that I learned was what I said about lightness, is to hold the cavi experience lightly and the past cavi experience. Our search for perfection is a, is a hidden, you know, trickster within. Yeah, we think we have, we have to sort it all out, get the trauma sorted out, yeah, and package it all up, and then we can become somehow some idea of a, a sort of perfect, and it doesn't work like that. And the whole essence of what you're talking about is holding their human experience lightly without having any identity in it whatsoever. And then it can be allowed to be the wave, but it hasn't yes. got the label trauma on it. It's That's just got right. a wave it's of intense energy. Yeah. Yeah. It's just a wave. So, of course, just perhaps to to wrap this up and put yeah, it into yeah. context, it's a very individual journey. Yes, there are it those is. people who who uh, it, it, it is valuable to have trauma therapy to uncover, to have body centered therapy, whatever these wonderful modalities are. Um, yeah, for to sure. Feel, yeah. To feel, to access yeah. again, the feeling in the moment. So this is supportive to understand, perhaps to put into context. And then at some point, there are those individuals who come to the deeper inquiry. But the deeper inquiry includes this conversation because whilst we're saying, and what I'm saying from direct experience, that awakening ultimately is the end of the victim identity is the end of any identity it's the end of believing that i am the river flowing this way or that way uh, it's not about bypassing mm. yeah because there can be awakenings and in that there can be such a sense of openness and peace and okayness and uh, uh, all of that uh, you know, joy that then when there's still an unraveling or movement, the trace, if you like, that continues, yeah, that can be pushed away again. So it's, it's, it's all of it. Yeah. Until finally more and more deeper and deeper, there is the soft and deep and wide and unending just being here with what is neither clinging to what is neither creating a position or a landing place from what is what is is constantly unfolding unfolding always in awareness there is an eye that is aware of what is it cannot be any other way I think, yeah, that's a very, very beautifully <clears throat> said. And uh, we talked about the grit and the grace of the human experience in the way that, that, that you're talking to. And hopefully uh, we've, we've at least touched some of that here. There is grit in the human experience. It is messy and it is, can be difficult. So, you know, there's always a compassionate <laughs> view, yeah, nod to that because some people's trauma is worse than other people's trauma and it can be very insidious and very tenacious and uh, that's a difficult thing, of course. And uh, But it is also the grit and grace of being human and uh, if these conversations don't 
<clears throat> unravel and get to be explored, then they get ignored and they get pushed under the carpet or they get bypassed or they get overindulged. And so what we're trying to do in a way is, is cut a dash between all of those things. Yeah, an honest, I hope, an honest uh, uh, inquiry um, kind of makes me feel like we might end up having to do a number, uh, a, a second episode at some point but i'll you know just <laughs> no not, that's not traumatic <laughs> <laughs> excuse me Amoda. <laughs> sorry that's just uh, that's our terrible sense of humor <laughs> you never know it yeah it's it is a juicy subject for people on the path because they want to talk about it these days and, and get clear and get as clear as possible and be allowed as much as possible without Total indulgence, <laughs> the grit and the grace of being human. Amoda, anything else to say? I thank you again for your blessing and your your wisdom. And it's good to to get in there and and see, you know, see what's 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 behind the the what's behind the teaching as well. So, <laughs> um, all right. Anything else to say? No, I think that's all for now. Okay, I. Uh, Thank you so much for listening, everybody. Please subscribe, join us, yeah, sign up to YouTube if you haven't signed up to YouTube. Join us on the Spotify or the iTunes, wherever it is that you see or hear us. And uh, We'll be back, hopefully, for another uh, episode in the not-too-distant future. Um, Amoda? That's it from me. Thank you. See you in the kitchen. Thank you. <laughs> Dear me. So well, I'll see you in the kitchen and then uh, the little POT will be there as well. And we'll all have some something. Okay. Blessings, everyone. Thank you very much. Goodbye.